if we change the way that we see the person staring back at us in the mirror, that they too are royalty. You are royal. You were born for such a time as this. You're listening to Rise. Hey, my name is Deanna Thornton, and I'm so glad that you joined us. Today, I want to talk to you about your identity in Christ. Who are you? Before we get started, won't you please do me a big old favor and go ahead and subscribe right away so you don't miss a single message. And now let's dive in. I want to take a moment to look at a young girl in the Bible. Her parents die, and then she's raised by her cousin. Then she goes from being just the girl next door to being a fearless queen who saves her people born for such a time as this. And I wonder what would happen if we changed the way we looked at the girl or the boy next door, or better yet, what would happen if we changed the way that we see the person staring back at us in the mirror, that they too are royal. 1 Peter 2.9 says that you are royal, that you are chosen. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You have been chosen and loved with an everlasting, undying, always and forever covenant love. There is so much potential inside of you for greatness, and it just needs to be stirred up. The Bible talks about stirring up the gifts inside of each one of us in 2 Timothy 1.6 and in Hebrews 10.24. So stop listening to the world and what the world says you are and who the world says you are and listen to the one who created the entire universe. Who does he say you are? He says you are dearly loved. You are a treasure worth dying for. Someone he couldn't live without. He did not want to spend eternity without you. You are his daily delight and you have been chosen by the king. You are royal. You are more precious than rubies. You are priceless. So act like it. Stop believing the accusations and the lies of the wicked one. The one who makes you doubt your self-worth or, or too afraid to shine your light. So you keep it hidden. No, we are not perfect but we are beloved. You are beloved. You are his beloved. Yes, it takes boldness to step out of the boat and walk on the water. It takes keeping your eyes stayed on Jesus. But guess what? When you get out and you're making your progress, if for some reason you fall, he is going to be there to pull you up because he always is. He will never leave you nor forsake you. When you know who you are in the Lord, it brings freedom. It doesn't mean you never mess up or do anything wrong. It means that even when you fall, you know the one who is holding you up. The other day, as I was perusing Pinterest, as I sometimes do, I was reading this random article. Not even the whole thing, but I love it. I, it was talking about this nighttime ritual between a father and a little daughter. And it went like this. The dad's speaking and he's like, do I love you because you are beautiful? Because you are beautiful. And the little girl goes, no. And... And then it goes on, do I love you because you are the best kid at jumping rope? Because you are good at jumping rope. No. Do I love you because you're smart? Because you are smart. No. And then he goes on and, and, and on with other examples and until he says, I love you because you are my daughter. And I will always love you because you will always be my daughter. And nothing will ever change that. 
We should raise up our children to know this unconditional love, that that love will never leave. It's always there. You know what? That love is there even after the person has left. That love, it still remains. It is still left with you. It's always there. It's unconditional love. The love you feel for your child is greater than anything that I can actually describe. But did you know that the Father, Father God sees you like that? Today, I want to talk to you about knowing who you are. In this world we live in today, with all its noise and messages coming from every direction, it's more important now than ever that you know who you are. You are a child of the King. If you have asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, then you are joint heir with Christ. And you know what that means? That means you can walk right into the throne room of grace and boldly ask for help in your time of need. You are beloved of the Lord. Jeremiah 31.3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. Proverbs 8.31 says, Wisdom, aka Jesus, says my delight was with the sons of men. And that's the sons and the daughters. That's you, my friend. In Genesis chapter 14, you see Abram, (laughs) who was later named Abraham, goes ahead with his 300 trained servants and wins this huge feat against all these kings. And then afterwards, the king of Sodom comes on over to Abraham and he says, give me the people and take the goods for yourself. Nope, that's not how it's going down. Sorry, Mr. King of Sodom. You're not going to be in a position to say that I made Abraham rich. And Abraham, he, he replies, he says, I have raised my hand to God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And in the same way, Jesus, after his 40 days of fasting in the wilderness, is approached by the devil who says, hey, if you bow down to me and worship me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. Did Jesus take the bait? After all, he is king of kings. Wait, aren't these kingdoms his anyways? Wait for it. Jesus could have, but if he did that, If he took the devil's shortcut and skipped the hard part of dying on the cross, bearing our burdens, then that great rescue plan would have been stopped right in its tracks. So did Jesus take the bait? No way. You think for a minute he would lose the people, the very people he came for. He left everything for us. He didn't have to question who he was. Philippians 2, 6 says, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as man, as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Second Corinthians 8, 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty you might become rich. See, if Jesus bowed down, he would have been like, he was picking the goods instead of us. But Hebrews says that for the joy that was set before him, he entered the cross, despising the shame. You are that joy that was set before him. You know, there are so many folks in the Bible you read about. Joseph, he knew who he was. It says, oh, but the Lord was with him and he prospered wherever he went. Moses was set apart. I See, I believe that long before you were born, God knows you because God is outside of time. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. 
Moses had a knowing of who he was. Acts 7.25 says, For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand. But they did not understand. Esther, she was born for such a time as this. After prayer and fasting, she was gifted boldness from the Lord. She was used to save, to preserve his people. Josiah, okay, the king child, like this guy, he's eight years old when he takes the throne. He's set apart. It is foretold that he would come in 1 Kings 13. And then later in 2 Kings chapter 22, he comes about with this zeal for the Lord. Now, there's a lot of stuff that happens between 1 Kings 13 and 2 Kings chapter 22. (laughs) But God is the one who knows the beginning from the end. John, same thing, set apart to prepare the way for the Lord, like one crying out in the wilderness prepare make way for the lord like then that happens for real in jesus's time paul you know i really believe he was set apart god already had in mind what he would do the things he was called to do and so he was equipped with the best training beforehand preparing him for that which lie ahead and what is so great about all these imperfect people in the bible is that that means there is room for us too your righteousness is from me says the lord Your identity is in Christ, not in how good we are because we all fall short. We all miss it sometimes. Perfection is lacking human, but beloved. In my weakness, he is strong. We always seem to think so much depends on us, but it doesn't. It depends on him. Let him take the burden. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. He says, take my burden. Take my yoke. My yoke is is light. My burden is easy. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. The Lord says that to you today. Your righteousness is from me. We didn't do anything to earn it. We cannot be good enough, but we know the one who is. He is more than enough. He is our shield and our exceedingly great reward. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus says in Matthew 11.28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Your identity is not gathered up by what awards you win or how much you get done in a day or by the clothes you wear. I look at the heart. I do not see as man sees. Man looks at the outside, but I look at the heart. You see, you are not identified by your gifts, though I hope that you will use them. I want you to think about your gifts and talents like tools that the Lord entrusted to you for your stay here on earth. Tools to help you walk in your calling and be the person you were called to be. The Lord has given gifts to men, Ephesians 4.11. But you know, your worth is not based on your gifts either. It's not based on your to-do list. Your worth is not based on whether or not you showered, you know, Almost every time I get to enjoy a shower, I think at the time Mike and I got to spend in Haiti where, my goodness, what a blessing it was to even get a shower. And it wasn't always hot either. It would be best to take a short shower in the evening because at least then the water was able to warm up with the sun. But that experience right there, oh, that deepened my appreciation of my showers immensely. (laughs) Your worth is not based on if you were living in a box on a street under a bridge or living in a palace like the prince. Your worth is found in Jesus, who loves you with an unending love, who by doing it, says you are worth dying for. Luke 15, Jesus tells a story. Here it is from the message, verses 4 through 7. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and lost one. 
Wouldn't you leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the lost one until you found it? Then, when found, you can be sure you would put it across your shoulders rejoicing. And when you get home, call in your friends and neighbors saying, celebrate with me. I found my lost sheep. Count on it. There's more joy in heaven over one sinner's rescued life than over 99 good people in no need of rescue. Then, Luke 12, 32, Jesus says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That's not like up to half the kingdom. Ask for anything you want and I'll give you up to half the kingdom. No, no, it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the whole kingdom. He's not holding anything back. Romans 8, 32, If he did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You are beloved. See, in Psalm 23, 6, in the message, it says, Your beauty and your love chase after me every day. I love that word picture. And then in Zephaniah three seventeen, he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. First Timothy six seventeen says he gives us richly all things to enjoy. In Acts, the early church faces persecution, and there are some debates, and Paul and John say, whether it is right for us to obey God or you, you decide. Not like, um, hey, we're letting you make the decision whether or not we're going to share the gospel, but like, we should listen to God instead of you. And they pray for boldness to speak the word, and then it says, in Acts 4.31, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. I am bold because I know who I am in the kingdom. I know who has my back. Even when I fall short or feel like I've majorly failed. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 1 John 3, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have this have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Faith is this confidence in knowing who we're coming to and knowing that he who promised is faithful. In Matthew chapter 20, there's a, a story about a man who's like, hey, you know what? I need to hire laborers to go into the field. And he sees some guys standing around and he says, hey, come and work for me. I will give you a, a denarius for your day's wage. And so the people agree and they come to work. And so the story continues and, and like there's more laborers and more laborers and more laborers until at the very end of the day, he hires the last batch of laborers who only work for an hour, right? And then at the end of the day, it's time to get paid. And so then he says to the steward of the house, okay, bring in the last guys, the guys who only worked one hour, and he gives them a denarius. And then the guys who, who came in first, who worked all day long, they are expecting to get a lot more, even though they agreed to only work for a denarius. Guess what? The steward gives them the same amount, and they're like, what? This is not fair. We have worked all day. They just joined us. They weren't here in the heat of the day bearing the burden of the day and, and working in the heat and the toil. They came at the very last minute and they get paid the same as us. That's not fair. And the guy says, oh, wait a second. Who are you to say what I get to do with what's mine? Or are you just 
upset that I'm good and you're not. Like, you're evil. (laughs) Like, what? See, I have something to say. There are those of us who have been about the Father's business, who have been laboring and laboring. But you know what? There are others. There are others, and praise the Lord God that there is the last hour, and that they too will get to receive the same as us, the kingdom of heaven. They will not be without hope. See, there is hope for those loved ones in their last hour who have not spent their life living for the Lord, not knowing what it was to walk in the freedom of his love. There is hope. There is hope for you who are listening right now. We are in the last hour. Now is the time to make a decision and believe in this hope that will be an anchor for your soul. Hebrews six nineteen. Now, beloved, it's time to embrace the love that the Lord has for you. It's time to put your identity, your trust in him and not the world, but in the one who knit you together in your mother's womb so lovingly. He sees you right where you're at. And he has loved you with an everlasting love. He does not see as man sees, but he can see right into the very depths of your heart. And yet he loves you completely where you are. Hebrews 10.35 Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Today is your day. Lay hold of the promise and live the life that he has for you. I pray that you are filled with a revelation of his love for you and a confidence, a boldness in his love toward you that you may run and not grow weary. Know that the very one who holds you holds the whole world together. Now, rise up, take courage, and do it. You've been listening to Rise. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you for listening today. And if you loved listening to our message today, if it inspired you or moved you at all, please forward it to a friend. And may you please leave me a review. That helps get the word out. Or pin it on Pinterest or or tag it on Instagram. Okay, guys, have a fabulous day. May it be blessed and may you be highly favored.